available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. That's the USC site on the aforementioned 24-7 Sports Network. And together, David and Ryan, we make the Podcast of Champions talking all things Pac-12 football. Will there be Pac-12 football? We're going to talk about that. Nope. Dave says no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. John Wilner has some information today. So without John Wilner, how would he even have a podcast? So some great stuff from Wilner today. We'll talk about that. The uh, proposed revised conference schedule for the Pac-12. We'll give you some more details about what Wilner is reporting. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, Pac-12 podcast at gmail.com is the email address, or you could call or text us, uh, 424-532-0678. The Twitters is at Pac-12 podcast. We got a Reddit page, podcast of champions, the website, Pac-12podcast.com. If you want to find any of the old shows at Apple podcasting apps everywhere, please subscribe and rate us five stars are amazeballs. We love that. So please do that. It helps grow the show. Who would not want to hear more of Ryan and Dave talking about maybe there's a Pac-12 football season coming up? You know what is interesting is um, I've heard from several people in the last few days that they definitely, and by several people, I mean, I think one person who says they definitely prefer the off-season shows where we're not talking about football. And that's great news because this show is going to continue to be an <laughs> off-season show for the foreseeable future. Yeah, well, Dave's been, you know, I, I feel bad because he's, I just Dave... wanted to preface that because I was just talking to Ryan about off air. It seems like we go through cycles on the news where nothing has actually changed, but people get tired of a narrative. And so they start to talk about other things. So two weeks ago, last week or so, it's been, yeah, there's no way football's happening. And then it's like everyone just kind of got bored with that. And so now we're doing the fantasy land stuff where we're like, yeah, football's going to happen. And here's how. And it's just. No, nothing fundamentally has changed. If anything, things have gotten worse. So, yeah, this isn't going to happen. But let's talk about the plan that's coming out. Yeah, and well, to be fair, I, I feel like I kind of corrupted David a little bit because he was he was on this no football for sure early on, like before most people. He was the the negative nanny or whatever. What is it? What is it? Uh, yeah, no, negative Nelly. And you told Nelly, me yeah. you you were like off air. Like we might have to be a little bit more optimistic about this. Well, I don't know if I did. I say that I don't remember. I that, think but, you did. But I think on the air, once it started to look like, oh, things are getting better. It looks like this is going to happen. Everyone, the plans are in place. And then once you sort of like backed off your stance a little bit, you're like, oh, yeah, we might have some football. Um, I don't think that was because I told you to be more positive. I hope no, 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 no. I think it was like a it was like, hey, you were like, I think this might actually happen. And then you kind of convinced me off air and then I brought it on air. And that was a mistake. <laughs> I'll own it. No, Not but then I feel like because you. Because you were like, you know, 
double. It's like you're like, I'm going to bet. I'm betting red. I'm betting red. I'm betting red. I'm betting red. And then you're like, oh, and I'm going to go black. And then it comes up red. You're like, damn it. I switched over. And so I feel like that's where you are. Now there's no way. Even if like. I would never bet black again. No, I am betting red the rest of the way. (laughs) Um, No matter what happens. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we should get to the actual news and not just our speculation about it. Uh, John Wilner had a great scoop, uh, basically saying the Pac-12 is all ahead go with planning this conference season. They've built in some real flexibility. They're planning 10 game schedules, conference only schedules with the flexibility to go down to nine if need be, or even eight if the schedule needs to continue to be delayed even into October. Um, it would start, I think he had September 26th. Is that correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So two weeks later than the initial, initial vague plan. Um, but it's got I'm some, sorry, September 19th, my, September my, 19th, my apologies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's got some built in, you know, real flexibility to it. There's going to be a couple of bye weeks for each team. There's going to be the ability to kind of shift the dates as much as they need to go. Um, with ESPN having control of so many bowl games, they could even kind of move those so that you could have the Pac-12 championship game even pretty late into December. So there's a lot of flexibility as far as plans go for actual scheduling. It sounds pretty good to me. Um, it's not going to happen, but it sounds like <laughs> if it, if a thing were to happen, this sounds like one of the more feasible things that could. And I think what makes it feasible is the flexibility that's built into the schedule, starting a little bit later, Camp would now start in the middle of August. We're getting, you know, guys getting ready for this revised 10-game regular season. But there's also with those two bye weeks built in and also a three-week time frame where you could have the championship game. So if you had to move one of the other weeks because of uh, some kind of outbreak, there's opportunities there to a game that was maybe scheduled for the fifth week of the season ends up being played two weeks later or maybe after the season when the conference game was going to be, but they move it back a week. Uh, and they also wanted the you know the conference game to at least be two weeks ahead of the college football playoff, uh, which would be you know in the uh, you know, January first is supposed to be the first round of the playoff, giving a team an opportunity to have two weeks to rest heading into the playoff if a Pac-12 team would make it. Of course, Pac-12 hasn't made it for the last three years, but I like the flexibility, David. I think that's going to give you the best chance to succeed if you can start playing that flexibility will give you a little bit better option to keep playing if there's some more outbreaks happening during the season. Yeah, and you know what's great about this plan is I think it also works if you translate it to the spring when it's much more feasible. Um, Like if you have this (laughs) flexibility built in um, and you have this idea in the back of your head and you've built everyone's mindset around, okay, we're going to need to have this ability to have bye weeks at kind of a moment's notice and move things around, uh, that's going to work in, in April when this is uh, potentially actually going to happen. Um, I, I I like the plan. I just I, I, I think we're all planning around something that, um, frankly, the, the football programs in the Pac-12, the athletic departments in the Pac-12 really don't have much control over. Um, this is this is sort of a uh, man plans, God laughs type situation um, where end of the day it's going to depend on the the course of the pandemic and right now uh, i don't know how anyone can be optimistic um especially about how it's going right now in arizona in california um but a month from now it could be you know suddenly there's a hot spot somewhere else um because we're still not doing you know any of that national control stuff that would need to be happening to actually feel optimistic so 
All that said, great plan. Love it, guys. The um, and I think I don't know if we mentioned this. If I might, I apologize if we already mentioned it, but we should know the real plan by the end of next week, according to John Wilner. So something they originally came out saying that they were going to uh, have a plan by the end of the month, uh, and that's what John Wilner is still reporting that this is what the proposed plan is. There were several proposed plans. Uh, there, you know, all the the leadership has been looking over things, and this is looks like what they've come up with and we should probably hear on a more official basis with more specifics built in like where you know who's playing what right now if it's a nine game conference schedule half the teams have an extra home game and half the teams have an extra away game so they're going to have to add that 10th game every school will only miss one opponent so there's going to be some complexity to try to figure that out and make everything as flexible as possible so they got some work to do to put this together, but we should know a lot more details uh, by the end of next week. Yeah. Sing everyone a song for a second. Cause I'm going to shut my window. Okay. So I, I wish I could sing. That's one of those things that I cannot do. Uh, I love being on stage, but I'm not a singer, but I think I, I liked it. Well, Wilner did a great job as always uh, coming up and, and bringing out this scoop. Uh, I was actually, I don't know. If Were there, was yet. that a good song? I didn't, I didn't sing cause I can't sing, but. I was actually on a fishing boat this morning and the, my, you know, I'm looking at my phone and I see Wilner's tweet. I'm like, damn it. He's always, he's good at that stuff though, but really good. I got to read it while we were like driving from one spot to another and check out what, uh, what he was saying, but all of it made sense to me. Can, can um, we all just take a moment and like Ryan is living his best pandemic life right now. Can we all just acknowledge that <laughs> my dude, if you follow his Instagram, he's hiking every peak in SoCal. He's out there fishing. He's just, he's living it up. A little golf. Yeah. Doing well, kettlebell workouts in his garage. Like there's so much going on here. There is a lot. I'm trying to, I mean, to be safe, but I'm trying to, I don't have kids or anything. I'm trying to be active, mostly outside. Uh, golf is very social, you know, socially distant. Uh, the, the fishing boat, there's like 12 people on this huge boat that holds like 70 people because they keep it limited. You're, everyone's wearing masks, so I feel pretty safe doing that. You're out in the open ocean. I think that's pretty safe. The hiking stuff, I go alone or with a friend. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to do this. And then, the, you know, instead of going to the gym, I work out in my garage over Zoom. And my my cousin, who we are first cousins, she's uh, she's like five feet tall, super buff, uh, like super hippie girl. You would love her. Um, like we couldn't be like any different. I'm 6'3". And we are first cousins, but she, she's a CrossFit fiend. I think she's like 88th in the world at her weight class or her age group or whatever it is. And, uh, so she, I've never done a kettlebell before. And her challenge was like to do a hundred kettlebells, like five times. So I did five <laughs> kettlebells before it was like, oh, that hurt. But, uh, it's pretty cool. It's like, a you know, you gotta like thrust your hips and throw that damn thing up in the air. I've never done it before, but it was, it was pretty good. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, but I'm trying, like, people, like, text me, like, you're exhausting. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to be busy. I'm just trying to do stuff that's safe and outside. You want to, you want a kid? I can, I can. I'll borrow a kid. Like, I will. I'll give you a couple. Shit. (laughs) As it probably doesn't help if I only take one. I got to take them both, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, any little bit helps. Um, But yeah, no, both would be great. You can just bring them back, I don't know, a couple years couple of years okay well i told you to like i yeah, invited david over because i'm going to fry up the fish that i caught uh and on the stove but i the, i did this last time this is great do you ever make your homemade french fries before no 
it's like, so I, you get potatoes, you cut them up. Like it, it takes some good knife work. You got to cut them up like French fries ish. So um, they're soaking in water. Now when I go home, you like fry them once in like 300 degree oil, you let them dry off. Then you've increased the oil to 400. You fry them again and you come out and I toss them with like garlic butter and then some like Lowry's and it's like garlic fries. It's, it's pretty awesome. Like just making your homemade fries. So then you do that. And then I fry, like put the little batter on the fish, fry that up real, real quick. And, uh, and your own fish and chips. It's pretty good. That sounds incredible. It is. You see, you got to find a babysitter. Just come on over, you know, I'll have to do it. That was a, uh, a, a real big tangent there. Sorry about that. Well, I had um, to close my window. It was that's my how we got here. Cause you had to close your window. Because um, of my children, by the way, you, yeah. you heard them screaming. And so I shut the door, the window, <laughs> Um, Whatever you couple, call that thing that's on the side of the house. I think it's a window. That's a window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other newsy items. The, the Bay Area News Group, uh, they they said that the 49ers. <laughs> the, the bang. Is that what it is? The Bay Area oh, News uh, Group. The Bay bang. Area. Oh, wait. Oh, actually, it's Bay Area Sports Headquarters tweeted this. The 49ers. Okay, the bash. They were allowed to begin training camp in Santa Clara. And our friend John Wilner said that Stanford's also. Located in that county, so that could be good news for them. Um, University of Arizona confirmed that their fall semester is going to be to begin as scheduled one month from tomorrow on August 24th. So it'll be a mix of in-person and remote instruction. So, you know, some some positives there. Uh, was it Cal? Did Cal come out Cal and announced say, that they're starting entirely virtually. Yeah, entirely virtually. Uh, but, and then some people point, I think John Wilner pointed this out and some other people did, uh, Steve Bartell from the Utah site. Is that better, David, if, if they go fully virtual, then campus is empty. If football is happening, they're kind of in a bubble where there's no other students around to get them sick. Uh, no, I mean, it's better, I guess, I guess, but it's not better enough that it's actually going to happen. Uh, so again, if. If we're getting into like the speculation thing, yes, of course it's better, but still the like fundamental realities don't really change is that you're going to be having X number of people congregating with um, how many old coaches and older trainers and all this kind of stuff and all the like surrounding problems. And you've got also the equity and liability stuff. Okay. You're not asking any other students to be on campus. These unpaid athletes must be on campus. Um, are we making it purely volunteer? Are they going to be, you know, at pain of scholarship if they don't report to football activities? Um, still like, it seems like we're playing whack-a-mole with this whole thing because once you start doing stuff like, well, the campus is empty so we can have football now. Um, and then the football players once again say, well, why are we doing something that isn't safe to be done by anybody else on campus? Then you have liability concerns again. Um, it's just, we keep trying to like work through this problem, like, okay, here's an insurmountable issue. Maybe we can flow around this way, but you never actually hit the, the, you never actually solve the problem, which is we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's just no real way to fix that through football. Yeah. Well, way to bring us down. Thanks, David. Appreciate that. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, <laughs> Couple uh so on the high school level, CIF uh is delaying the start of the season uh until uh the the first of the year or the eighth uh, January eighth, I believe. So that's the, the California They're scheduling they are they're delaying it with the hope of starting in January. 
We're just going to go with what they said, David. We're not going to yes. say like, you know, and that, you know, the, the earth will end. So the, none of this matters. California football, high school football and Washington high school football have both been delayed. Um, so we're already seeing have an impact on recruiting. Guys are going to forego their senior seasons and, and, and enroll early in school. I think you might see some reclassifications going on where people want to come in even earlier. Uh, you know, if there's question about what if high school is delayed, well, high school is going to be delayed a lot of places. And then, uh, say a high school prospect enrolls early in school, but then the season is also delayed for college. Can they play? Uh, I don't believe they're going to be able to play. There's going to be all kinds of scholarship, weird stuff going on. There's a lot of questions that are going to be need to be answered in that, but at least two of the States in the footprint have delayed their uh, high school football seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they're outside the footprint, but what Texas does on a lot of these areas will be interesting. And I think a bellwether for a lot of the country. Um, I think I could see the South, especially following Texas's lead. And if the South, for football-specific stuff, if the South starts to place restrictions on high school, I know Alabama, I think, announced yesterday they're just going forward with the season. You know, we're going to do it. Uh, but I think if Texas decides they're not in some big way, either some districts or the whole thing, um, that'll be really interesting because I think that'll might, that might signal it for the entire South, hey, we're not doing this this season, and then that'll trickle out everywhere. Yeah. Um, so... We'll see what happens uh, there, but those are little data points. We're moving along across the way. We got uh, also Pac-12 Media Days, which was delayed back in May, I believe it was. Uh, They set it for July 29th through 31st. It was going to be virtual. That's been postponed indefinitely. And if there's any kind of data that would point to, hey, David's definitely right. There's there's no way a season's going to happen. It's kind of weird that the Pac-12 would delay something indefinitely as opposed to well if they knew they were going to start camp in the middle of august could they delay it a week or two and then kind of figure out from there so i don't know it's weird to me david that they're saying camp's going to start in the middle of august but we don't know when media days are going to be or if that's going to happen at all since it's virtual it doesn't seem like that's really hard to pull off camp is hard to pull off virtual media days doesn't seem like that's hard to pull off the only thing I can imagine is I, I don't know if we've gotten an update and I hope it's n- nothing serious, but um, either Larry Scott, maybe his illness isn't, you know, maybe it's just proven a little bit more difficult to kick or maybe there's, you know, if he got it, maybe some other people got it. It could be something with just the actual people who would be running a media day are not, you know, well enough to be doing it right now. And so they need to put it off indefinitely. Um, that's just speculation, but. It is weird if they're going forward whole hog with the schedule as Wilner reports, which makes sense. It would make sense to then schedule media days just yeah. to do it. Um, so maybe it's just something with a logistical issue. Yeah, it could be. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully everyone's okay. And uh, that's not the reason why things were delayed, but that was a little curious. And then um, if you don't subscribe to uh, our buddy, John Wilner's uh, Pac-12 hotline newsletter from bang, the Bay area news group, uh, do people call it that? There's that I, I that? call it that, and that's the nice. most important thing. I know. that. Now it should be a thing. Yeah. Uh, he did this is, as of two days ago. This is where we are as far as uh, positive tests throughout the conference. At USC, uh, seven positives out of 317 tests to all athletes. So that's 2.2%. Um, and he's saying that's within the viral inferno that is Southern California, so that's not too bad. Washington had three positive tests out of 140 
Oregon State, three out of 100. Uh, Stanford had four out of 190. Cal had eight out of uh, 250, and they had that big uh, frat outbreak on the Cal campus. So it, Wilner also went on to say like about he thinks fraternities are going to be like the, the death of college football, that they should just stop for uh, fraternity parties and things. And then Arizona shut down their voluntary workouts because of community spread, but they've only had three positive tests out of 366 athletes. So overall, 28 out of 1,300, and that's 2.16%. And some of those are non-football players. But Washington State, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado are all not reporting test results for athletes, which seems a little weird to me. But I don't know. Testing numbers, that's not too bad, David. No, it seems okay. Um, So hopefully everyone can get through this uh, period where they're pretending to have football without uh, (laughs) having too many issues. Where's where's the doom and gloom there? I know. I'm hopeful. See, I was hoping. I'm hoping that they get through this period where everyone is pretending to have football and associating risk with everyone, and they get through it okay and safe. Nice. All right, well. That's kind of all the newsy stuff. Let's, uh, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with, uh, we got some questions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back here on the podcast of Champions. David, what'd you do during your break? God, I I read a couple of books. Um, I sort of just explored the like inner workings of self. Um, oh. I discovered some things I think about myself, about ego, its control of your life, um, and just I think I transcended to a higher plane. What about yourself? Your your brain works fast. Uh, I took a nap, so I was just yeah, like, yeah. you know, you know, it's been a long, I get long it. day already. I'm living my best life is tiring, you know. So yeah, I get it. I, I understand. Life. I understand. Um, okay, so th- here's what's going on. We uh, we have some emails, but we also this was my not a bad. we, not a we, not I, a we. Well, because you don't, don't know don't how to use me. The, Do not know how to use me Twitter. There. Yeah. So we were supposed to record an episode yesterday, and apparently one of our listeners like 
took David's time up and then we couldn't do the show yesterday because, you know, I don't have like all day to like wait around for David while he's doing some hour long podcast. I was recording a podcast um, with uh, the Quack 12 podcast, at least Um, a duck podcast. It was their UCLA deep dive. So, you know, I, I as a man of the people. As a man of the listeners, I decided to lend my time. Um, that, of course, huge. that led that led to me just canceling on this show because uh, I was tired at that point and I needed a nap. That was that's is that Hugh Janus? Is that the guy that does the? the no, quack, no, quack? no, no. This was uh, well, actually, it was. I was talking to our man Hithliday in part, oh. but also Adam uh, from the uh, from the Quack Twelve. Quack oh, okay. 12. So yeah, it was fun. Is it, it was a good Hugh Janus also Hithliday, or is that what we came up with? Or what we decided yes, yes. Okay. So that so. that's why I was setting you up for that. And oh yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't gonna pick that up. I okay. Was, I was not I was not picking <laughs> up what you were in fact putting down. Okay. So because we were doing that, I wanted to let people know that we were not going to be recording um on Wednesday. So I said new POC episode will be up Thursday evening. I tweeted this. Any topics you want to discuss? And that uh there's some good and some bad. The bad is we got a whole bunch of topics and stuff that we have to kind of look at now. Uh, the good is it made me think of one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, and I think we have a new drop that's going to be good. You know, there's a lot of people that will, in a podcast, there's a drop, and it's like you got mail, like when you're about to hear from someone. It's the AOL thing. Um, might be before your time, but that was one. This is one. This is one of my favorite episodes, and I always like when when uh, this is Krusty the Clown. So let me see if you like it, Dave, and we'll go. Maybe we'll go with it. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. How do you like that? I love it. Okay. So love that it. made me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to go through some of our tweet replies before we get into the emails? Yeah. Let me pull that up. Can, do you have one available? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have W for Westwood. In the very unlikely event that some conferences play in the fall and others, including the Pac-12, play in the spring, how would you design the spring football TV broadcast schedule? Are Pac-12 games Still 10.30 p.m. Eastern. What spring sports on TV will push Washington games to Fox uh, business? And Tom uh, McNamara tweeted out, Mr. TPSM, and I think he's tweeted this a couple of times, ESPN's rights to the NBA will make it almost impossible to play college football in the spring. Um, Do we have any clarity on what the hell the NBA is going to be doing after this weird thing they're doing right now? Like, are they going to go back to just their normal schedule and just start this thing up again? Uh, I mean, after after the bubble season, I think yeah. it's, they're making this run towards the playoffs. Uh, they brought in 22 teams, I believe it was. They expanded a little bit like so they could include Zion Williamson, who's now not going to be playing. Um, but, yeah, I think you get eight games or so of bubble play, and then they'll get into the playoffs. So you can start sending people home. Yeah, They're but then the next regular season usually starts, like, this fall. So what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to go. I they There has to be delayed, I would assume. Um, I would assume. I mean, that's one of the biggest beefs I know the players have with the NBA generally is it's just too many damn games on your legs, especially when you factor in the long, long playoffs if you're a good team. Um, yeah. It's just the mileage. Um, the, the one good thing about the double, the bubble, the double, the bubble, the double, the double bubble, is, the bubble is less double. mileage as far as not mileage on your legs for playing, but mileage for travel that you're just going to be, you know, you're in your hotel and you can walk down to the, to the court and play. Um, yeah. 
So the travel is, is, is tough. You know, it's tough on those players. So I think that's going to help somewhat, but I don't know. I mean, guys are going to get antsy. They're going to be missing their families. Um, I think the bubble is the best way, but it's unique. The NBA, NBA is pre- pretty much the only league that can do that of the major sports leagues in, uh, in the, the United States. But so far, no tests. Like the last I've heard, there was no positive tests after July 13th. So people are yeah, in the bubble. Doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, if there's a lot of NBA games on ESPN, are you going to see like college football on ESPN news? I don't know. I mean, will Fox get more games? They're going to, I mean, they've been starved for live sports, so they're going to cram it in um, Tetra style. However, <laughs> you know, wherever they can put it, I think they'll put it in there. Well, and it, inventory will be lower. I mean, unless so if everything gets rescheduled for spring, like everything, um, maybe it'll be a little bit weirder. But I don't think there's going to be full 12 game schedules in the spring, even if they do push it to spring. I think it'll be more likely, again, just conference play because it's easier to reschedule that stuff on the fly. Um the other piece of this is, and it's the kind of do the doomiest and gloomiest thing I've said on the show, is if there isn't a fall season, there's going to be a fair amount of programs, I think, especially at the group of five level and below, that are going to fold. Um, so there's just not going to be that many games, <laughs> like not wow. as many. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's going to be quite as crammed in as a typical football season. Um, like just the, the number of games will not be nearly as many, even if the entire schedule doesn't happen this fall, which I kind of think it won't, um, maybe, you know, maybe because I think a lot of this is kind of, um, human centipede action where people are eating their own crap on this stuff. And the sec schools may decide, well, it looks like people are getting more optimistic about football. So let's give this a shot. Like I could see that kind of stupid thing happening. So maybe somebody plays in the fall. I don't think it'll be many. Um, so, but even with it all moving to the spring, I don't think there's going to be much, too much conflict. Okay. Um, we'll see. I mean, we just don't know at this point. Uh, do you have it pulled up or you want me to read? Yeah, it? I've got, I've got it pulled up. Um, this is from uh, Jesse Azenstadt. I was just hoping you might give me some insight into the evolution of the market economy in the southern colonies. My contention is that prior to the Revolutionary War, the economic modalities, especially in the southern colonies, could both happily be characterized as agrarian. Uh, Do you know what this is from, Ryan? I don't even see that tweet, so no, I'm not sure. Where was that one? It was just after W for Westwood. Okay. Hmm. It's just not on mine. It's not there. Sorry about that. Okay. No, what is that from? That's a Goodwill Hunting reference. Um, oh, okay. It's the scene where uh, Matt Damon schools uh, the prissy Harvard guy on, I think, Gordon Wood, among many other scholars, um, and then finishes off by threatening to beat him up um, and then stealing his girlfriend, I think. Um, I mean, the, the, the real answer is there really wasn't a market economy in the southern colonies prior to, I don't know, uh, Civil War. I mean, that was kind of the whole deal. So kind of developed after that because they didn't have an agrarian economy based on slaves anymore. Ah. Yeah. Changed the whole thing up. Um, Changed the whole deal. We had, I still don't even see that tweet on my list here for some reason, but well, well, between the two of us, we'll probably catch them all. Punts for Utah had a couple of tweets. Uh, If there's no football this year, I assume that this year doesn't count for eligibility. What happens to scholarship numbers, uh, incoming freshmen, draft, high school football, et cetera? I mean, it's, it's a really good point because we don't know. But the 
uh, we saw this with baseball last year. They were going to allow schools to determine. I think you know they could expand their roster. Uh, you know, you could. Everyone, all the players were keeping their eligibility, but then the incoming freshmen for the next year, the numbers would grow. But I think you were still able to to do that, um, or at least the schools have the option of doing that. If if it's delayed to the spring, I think you're okay. Like you can still like just the incoming freshman won't be able to play that year just to keep it simpler. And you, you know, your eligibility ends and then basically we'll start up right again. You know, what, that, that year will be over and then the next one will start um, soon after that because it'll both be, you know, in 2021. But if it's, if there's no football, I mean, what do you do? Like everyone gets another year and you got like, tw- you know, do you, allow, do you allow like 105 scholarships instead of 85? Like that's going to be, that's going to be a complex problem. Well, and even beyond that, I I don't know. I honestly don't know how fuzzy the math is around how you fund the scholarships at the collegiate level. Um, but some schools may not. Again, I don't know because it is all just kind of fuzzy math. Um, but I don't know how the schools are accounting for scholarships a lot of times. And if they can, in their accounting, afford uh, an, to hold an extra 20 to 25 um, for an extra year. Like that'll play into it again at the especially the lower budget school levels, um, whether they can field a team that big with that many scholarship players. Um, are they going to be able to take a recruiting class? Are they going to have to cut a bunch of guys like what's what's their economic reality going to be? Um, so yeah, it's going to be a different deal. It's I, I don't think there's any real way of foreseeing it and it kind of gaming it out perfectly um i think the easiest thing to your point would be having a spring season so that it you know it's a little bit fuzzy with early entries and all that stuff and who's a counter now and who's a counter later and all that kind of stuff but it at least is within the same academic year um if you cancel the season entirely then you've got this whole group of players who were you know didn't get their season um how do you give it back to them can you give it back to them yeah um and I think because of the way the sport is set up where there's no central governing body, there's no central funding body um, in any real way. There's no pooled money among all these groups, really. Um, it'd be very hard to do. And he has a, another point is like, say the Pac-12 doesn't have their schedule, but the other their, their season, but the other conferences do. Would the Pac-12 get like five years worth of players? So would they have like the 100 scholarships? where everyone else has 85 and then does that give the Pac-12 an advantage? Is that the way the Pac-12 finally competes, Dave, against the rest? They get an extra year of players because they cancel their season. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. And then does it become become advantageous for like the SEC to cancel their season just so they can have more old players when the game's actually on again? Yeah. It's, so it's, I, it's an, an arms race, point. baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, this one's from C. Falks 3. Uh, if you were a high school football recruit, A, what coach would you want to play for? B, feel safe and play football during COVID-19. C, what position would you play? All right. So, A, what coach would you want to play for? Uh, let's see. In the Pac-12 or anywhere? Yeah, in the Pac-12. Let's say, let's say Pac-12. Pac-12. Hmm. If I want to get... Got to go Clay Helton there, right? <laughs> nicest guy <laughs> well it depends what you want to do like if you want to you i know, don't want to get screamed at ever then go go okay go to clay helton <laughs> um if you want to be coached up like whittingham would be like 
I feel like that'd be a good ass. That'd be like boot camp a little bit. You get your ass kicked. Um, Who wants that at our age? I don't want that. <laughs> oh, am I doing this right now? Uh, I think Rolovich might be like, I might go there. That'd be fun. I'd go Rolovich. That's fine. Yeah, I could uh, uh, do that. But Herm, I mean, Herm would be like, you know, I, I feel like you're in a TED talk every day. Like, that would be kind of fun. <laughs> uh, would you feel safe and play football during COVID-19? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I'm living my best life, like David said. Like I'm, not, I'm as long as I'm doing things that are safe. I'm well, trying, I'm also this one. I'm trying to put myself back in the shoes of like 19 year old me, and yes, of course, you feel safe doing anything. I felt yeah. safe like leapfrogging like parking meters and <laughs> you know falling face first on my forehead. I'm like whatever. Um, and then uh, what position would you play? Yeah, that's tough. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe probably long kicker. Snapper. Probably yeah. kicker. <laughs> long snapper. I could. I, play, like, I, played some, to, I played some soccer. I could probably kick the ball. Probably like I'd have to bulk up and do like tight end. I'd like to do tight end stuff, but I don't know. That's. I don't know. That seems like a lot of contact. I'd go kicker. Okay. You get like a 15 yarder for like breathing on you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't want to get hit, and I don't want to get yelled at. So, I don't know, man. I don't think the game's for me. Here's a web foot. Um, which coach or program is most likely to have a COVID party in order to expose as many players as possible and attempt to build up antibodies that likely won't last long enough to protect the players for the season? No punctuation, not even at the end of that sentence. <laughs> um, I mean, are, are we doing Pac-12 only again? I think Pac-12 only, yeah. Uh, the most likely one in this league would probably be... Gotta go... Mario Cristobal, because he's bringing the uh, SEC genes to the whole equation. That's funny. I was thinking um, I was going to go Sumlin. I was going to go Arizona, but also bringing SEC genes. So yeah, maybe yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I think <laughs> either one, either one, they're bringing a little bit of another league. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's just the fact that it's the Pac-12, but I just get the impression like, yeah, they're all serious coaches, but everyone in the Pac-12 can take the game a little bit less seriously than basically every other league, like just a little bit less. Um, All right. Next up, I have uh, Scott had a suggestion that we should try to interview one of the recruiting gurus to see how this is affecting recruiting timetables for their decision. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, later. they got they have a bunch of their own podcasts and stuff. If there's, oh, God. I mean, more newsy stuff for sure. You know, we could do something like that. But oh, man, this is a I'm just going to read them all. Justin okay. said, uh, go through and look at rate committed players and classes for the 2021 season in the Pac-12. No way. You want us <laughs> to actually cover stuff? We're not doing yeah, that. Justin, have you this, is this have you first listened time? to this show? <laughs> Talking recruiting? Come on. Yeah. Uh, this is from Gilded Taco. Thoughts on the soccer tournaments? Gilded. I wasn't aware there were ongoing soccer tournaments. Oh, I see that. That's a Nomageddon. Um No, no. The I'm, I'm looking at the ads. You're looking at the display names. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. So I guess... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a soccer person either, David. So I don't think we could really... I know Christian Pulisic. Pulisic, uh, he's doing well at the old at the old soccer ball. Yeah, he's really soccering it around. I saw a couple of the German games early on. What would I think we talked about that because that was like the only thing that was on. Yeah, 
But then like cornhole came on. I'd rather watch that than soccer. So so Christian plays for some girl named Chelsea, I think. Yes. She's the, the owner of that. They're team, dating I guess. or something. They're, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's doing well. I would say this, having watched a few of his clips, my impression is that he um, is is playing a very beautiful style of soccer. And we don't. We don't really do the Hogo Benito over here in the United States. Uh, we 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 generally grind it out. It's a lot of Sturm and Drang. So he's going to need to get a lot worse, I think, if he's going to really fit in with his compatriots um, the next time the USA makes and immediately gets eliminated from the World <laughs> Cup. Nice. Uh, we got Jennifer Walkup uh, taking... The optimistic perspective, this is not David's, this is Jennifer's optimistic perspective, that football will happen in the fall, which Pac-12 teams will likely see the biggest swing in their total win-loss with not with a non-conference cut? UCLA, UCLA, UCLA. Well, They're yeah, dropping. Sorry, I wasn't done, but that's okay. Obviously, USC gets a big break, and schools like Arizona State will face a challenge having to start the season at the Coliseum. UCLA is dropping at least two and maybe three of their wins from the total because they're dropping New Mexico State, Hawaii, and San Diego State. Yeah, but given their track record against out-of-conference It still foes, would have been one number one because nobody New Mexico State's not beating anybody. Okay. So UCLA, bad swing in run one direction. USC, good swing in another, yeah. for sure. USC's um, two toughest games. You could argue at Oregon would be up there, too, but... You know, Notre Dame and Alabama on a neutral field like that's, you know, losing those. That's a big step up. Um, I mean, both Oregon and Washington avoiding Ohio State and Michigan. Um, you know, they're, they're both those games were both at home. But, you know, they'd probably be like pick them kind of games. Who knows? We'll see. But it, yeah, there's there's some big ones. I mean, Oregon State doesn't have to play Oklahoma State. So there's. Any of those big out-of-conference games. Who's playing TCU? Was it Cal was TCU? I forget. There's someone playing TCU. I think it was Cal. Um, yeah. I mean, anyone that's losing a big game like that, it's you know, it's a, a, a certainly a good chance for a loss, but it's also a nice chance to to you know help your resume. And those are those opportunities are now gone too. Yeah, and that's a shame. I think for uh, Washington and Oregon, uh, especially just. Kind yeah, of you got home their... games against good Big Ten teams. That's that. Those are games you should win. Like maybe Pac-12 loses both, but those are games you should have well, won. Well, and also just for the fans, I'm sure they were looking forward to that, like just the experience of it. So that's just a full bummer. Um, yeah. So, but I think UCLA can make a claim that they are hurt the most by dropping non-conference. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, this is from Python Idler. Okay. okay. Darth Vader's place on the all-time greatest movie villains. He's got to be up there. I mean, who would even be on the list with him? So, the like the dude from Die Hard is pretty awesome. Uh, but you know, it's only he was he's dead after the first movie. So, I, you almost need like a series, right? Yeah. So, all right. So, I just looked up. Um, a, a list uh, which doesn't have Darth Vader number one. It has him number three. It has Hannibal Lecter number one, See, I, which not... I almost he almost borders on anti-hero by the yeah, end. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a villain. 
but it's just got him in sounds of the lamb. So I guess he's the villain. But even that he's like kind of a secondary. But anyway, uh, Norman Bates. Uh, that's just too much homage. Uh, oh, my God. That's awful. The, the Wicked Witch of the West is number four. This is a garbage list. Yeah, do, uh, get rid of that list. Okay, um, let me just see if there's anyone good in there. Okay, so the alien from Aliens, like the the alien. I mean, it's one of the coolest monsters. Yeah. So, I don't know. This list kind of sucks. It's got like Michael Corleone in here, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess, but we're kind of getting into the weeds here. Yeah, I think Darth Vader is pretty much got it secure. I mean, there's there's good like group like if 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 you're Indiana Jones and you're like fighting against the Nazis all the time. Like that's cool, but it's not like, there's not like some single entity that's like a Darth Vader, you know? Um, you know, what, what worse villain is there than the Nazis? You know, like that's pretty damn good. But the, for Darth Vader, like so much personality. So you get to see him throughout the, you know, the, the franchise he turns at the end, like there's you, then you get, you know, to see his origin story, like, uh, which was trash, like just, Right, but you got to see it. You got to see it, which diminished him as a villain. That's probably certainly. true. You're right. You're right. Um, Just through the the four or five. And well, six. well. So I was I was kind of down on the whole Vader thing, but then um, the final whatever ten minutes of Rogue One, like that got me thinking there should be like a Darth Vader horror movie because that was shot so well. Like him getting onto the spaceship and just basically just mowing through these dudes. That yeah. was so cool. That was like uh, the leading up to the opening scene of episode four, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was you know that was Darth Vader peak of his powers. Uh, that was cool to see. We never really even saw that in the original trilogy. So, yeah, I'll go Vader. That's fine. Nice. Uh, is there anything else on here? Uh, there's yeah, you're missing a lot. Um, oh wait, okay. But, there's so, Jay Dasovic too. Since there isn't much else going on, what about ranking the backup left and right tackles across the conference? We're not gonna do that. We won't do that. No, we don't know them. Uh, Matthew asks any leftover scraps on roster slash coaching change implications between now and fall twenty one, given the season is a foregone conclusion. No, I got. We we scrape the bottom. Of- of the barrel we actually scrape up sections of the bottom of the barrel when we're recording this show by the end we are depleted husks of men there's nothing left over ever yeah. uh, um oh and as much detail about unremarkable u.s presidents as possible yeah probably don't need to get into that um no i puke Grello is uh he wants a definitive ranking of world war one generals and uh i'm definitely not uh versed on those right now but oregon guy has one through 1,000, all of them, 1,001, Haig, 1,002, French, 1,003, Hindenburg, 1,004, uh, Cadorna, and then 1,005, Ludendorff, and then 1,007, Conrad von fucking Hosterdorf. Hosterdorf? What is that? I don't know how you say his name, but. So he does. There's some he doesn't like. So this is interesting because the Ludendorff thing, he's clearly a a little bit down on Ludendorff because it was the partnership between Ludendorff and Hindenburg. And many, I think Barbara Tuckman was big on Ludendorff was actually the brains of that operation. So I don't know about the ranking. And I, I think you got to give Ludendorff one or two, probably, um, he has him as 1,005. 
Yeah, yeah, no. Obviously, one through one thousand is all of them. Um, uh, being like all of them awful. Um, there wasn't the same kind of strategy. Like that, you didn't get the the stuff that you would have. And well, no, it was a lot of. Well, the thing was, it was a lot of dog shit generaling at the beginning that more or less turned it into this slog. Um, It could have gone better, but they fought it with tactics from not even the 1860s. Like they fought it with tactics from like the late 1700s, early 1800s. Um, Because even the American Civil War, by the end of that war, yeah, Grant fighting. was doing stuff. They yeah. were fighting in skirmish lines because it was like, oh, yeah, if you want to stand shoulder to shoulder, you're going to get mowed down. And that was before the invention of a real machine gun. I mean, they had I don't even know if they deployed Gatling guns by the end of the by the end of the war, but they had them. Um, but they were still just charging into machine gun fire at the beginning of World War One. Like just absolutely. There was a lot of trenches too, right? Like dig a trench. But the trenches were because of it. Um, And it kind of happened just soldiers would be charging. And then it's like, where the hell do I go? The entire sky is full of lead. I need to go down. I'm going to dig a hole now. And then they're like, oh yeah, I guess that's a good idea. Let's dig a trench. Um, And uh, I mean, it was just horrible generalship um, from everyone, more or less at the beginning of the war. The Germans probably could have ended it quickly if they'd stuck to the uh, the Schlieffen plan, which was this idea that you uh, strengthen the right of the uh, German offensive when you send it through the uh, the low countries and sweep down while keeping your left kind of weak to the point where you should have let the French advance, let them get into Germany a little bit because they're going to be sweeping in behind them from the right. Uh, from the north, essentially. Um, but they didn't do that. They kind of moved away from that at the end of the day. That's the narrative. Who knows if that's actually how it would have gone. But that's a, that was a lot of the uh, post-World War One War One narrative was that they didn't abide by the Schlieffen plan, which is basically this guy from the German general staff, uh, Colonel Schlieffen, who developed this plan starting in like the 1870s for how they were going to uh, beat France in the war. Wow. That they then attempted to use in the 1910s, um, and it was still a pretty good plan. Um, and uh, so it was a little rope-a-dope kind of thing, like you let them in the one way and then kind of flank them. Kind that... of, yeah. They were trying to. Well, and they also thought they could catch the French a little bit by surprise by moving through the Low Countries and not really respecting their neutrality. Um, yeah. The Germans miscalculated a little bit. They thought they could just get through the Low Countries. They would get like military access. Uh, but then Belgium decided they were not having that shit and they decided to fight. Um, so that delayed them, too. So that's why it's maybe it wouldn't have happened anyway. But if they'd had a little bit more force in that punch, maybe they pushed the Belgians aside a lot quicker, get into northern France a lot quicker before the British have really had time to get there. And then, you know, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. But end result. Yes, it ended up a slog partially because of poor generalship from the Germans right before the start of the war where they didn't stick to that plan. They bowed to the Kaiser's wishes, uh, but also the French were dog shit too. Gotcha. Uh, what are, is that it? I think. I don't Maybe. think that's it. I don't think that's it. I, I, I don't know what's going on with your Twitter. Oh, no, I see. Okay. Free Taiwan says, what U.S. consulate will China close in response to the U.S. closing their Houston consulate? Mm. I don't know. He's don't got know. a, he's got a, He's emoji. got a free, he's free Taiwan, he's free Taiwan, free Taiwan. Um, he's got an emoji with a, a mask on. 
Hopefully yeah. they close one, right? No? I don't um, know. I don't have any thoughts about this. Um, my buddy for, is living in Hong Kong, like an ex, expat in Hong Kong, but he can't really go back there right now. They're, um, you know, it's it's pretty tight uh, getting back. So he has an apartment there and he can't really go back right now. He's hoping that he's going to be able to at some point. But he's like, yeah, I mean, they're, most people wearing masks. They didn't have that many cases. Then they they opened things up and then they got a couple of cases and they started closing things down again. I don't know. It's, it definitely seemed like a different kind of deal. But, you know, him living there and like doing consulting work and stuff, um, it's just tough for him right now because he's not, I think he's on like a work visa, not like a, permanent visa or something so it's harder for him to get back right weird right. stuff yeah that's tough uh what uh, else we got let's see i think the twitter is pretty much exhausted oh uh chris jensen wanted to know about nick rolovich's bucket hat game it's good is there an actual game or is that just like no he looks good that's why we picked him for someone we want to play for <laughs> yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a good look it's a good look he pulls yeah. it off all right, uh, we can switch over to emails. Um, Tito, did, I'm sorry, did we? Did miss we something? answer this? Did we answer this one last time? Uh, I don't, this was. Did we no, not July talk 16th? About this? Yeah, I don't think okay. we did. We did not because it was. Uh, I think we did our show on the 15th. Right. This is from the 16th, but he said, Ryan and David, always great and fun topics on the Pac-12 podcast. Quick question: Who has the longest beard, Shotgun or David Woods? Uh, oh, and I have an Android phone, so I can't give you five-star rating, but here are your five stars. And he gave us five little stars there. Thanks, Tito. Um, right, I haven't seen see. Shotgun Where's... or David in person lately. What's you... Shotgun's? Uh, so He's got does an he Instagram. Like a, does he have a photo posted of himself recently? Probably on Instagram if you want to look at that. I could try to pull that up. All right. Hang on. Hang um, on. Hang on, just yeah. you. You sit tight because I can. I can be the only one assessing here because I know what my face looks like. Okay, I oh, don't he, know what. There's either nothing of your recent like. in here. There's there's nothing recent in here. Hmm. Come on, man. Let me see. I mean, he might have something on the Twitter. He did a cross country like drive with his uh, wife. Um. Let me see if I can pull up media on his. See if he has anything. I'm looking. He puts a lot of media. It's not going to work very well. He really does. It's a lot of photos. It's almost like he likes to take photos and then show them to people. He's a photographer, so he does a lot of that. Yeah, he puts those things up. But annoying people. Um. Yeah, it's he does have a. I can't remember where I saw it, but he does have a pretty glorious beard going on right now. So mine, I'll give it to Shotgun, because mine doesn't necessarily get long. Mine just gets bushy. Really, really, really bushy. Like, it's still, I mean, across the board, it's probably two to three inches away from, like, the skin of my face. But it's just intensely bushy. Like, just so much hair in that, like, space. And it just gets bushier and bushier, to the point where it's actually getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Um and he might have shaved it too. I mean, he was on this cross country trip and it's back now, but I don't know if he shaved it or what, but um, yeah. I'll check, I'll check with him and see you guys can do a FaceTime or something. And uh, that'd be great. Figure it out. Just concentrate and watch our beards grow in real time. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a text message. We don't know who, and I'm not going to look it up. Uh, just watched an hour long show on the PAC 12 network. Have you guys considered changing your tagline to, now with more sponsors than the Pac-12 Network. It's probably true. 
Dave's favorite kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sponsors are. It's yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Um, I don't know why you were watching anything on the Pac-12 Network, though, um, my friend from from the seven one four. It's 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 there's not a whole lot going on right now. Um, but yeah, that was even true during the season. Even during the season, they were playing like several ads for the network on like live football games. If you can't sell advertising inventory for live football games, you're in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, that's trouble. Not that we're rolling in advertisers right now, but you're you know it's uh it's a it's a problem for sure. And this is you know part of the big picture. I think having one network instead of seven will will help that. Um, but you know they're they need to make some big changes there, and that's going to start with leadership. And we'll see. Hopefully, within the next year or so, we'll we'll see them kind of shift in another direction. But right now, it's also got the quarantine, you know, the coronavirus stuff. So it's it's all nuts. Yep. We got our buddy Hitler Day. Uh, the reason we're doing the show today. Uh, this is looks um, like Cantonese or or Mandarin or something. Uh, Yuang Heng Li Zhen. I no idea. I don't know if you want to look that up, but he says, let's review Arizona State's screwball season. Uh, up 10 nothing at halftime against Kent State and 3 nothing at halftime against FCS Sacramento State. And those eventual 23 and 12-point wins were their biggest margins all season because every other game was decided by 10 points or fewer. So he was pumping up Arizona last week. He's trying to uh, knock Arizona State down this week, looks like. one uh, 10 7 at Michigan State which required in the final two possessions a 15-yard scramble and a fourth and 13 uh, on fourth and 13 and a 7-yard scramble on third and 5 and then a blown call on a missed field goal that even the Pac-12 officials admitted was an error. Beat Cal by 7 in a game where Chase Garbers was knocked out and Devin Monster put Devin Monster put up uh, a 32 a 35.2 passer rating 150 is about standard. Then Jaden Daniels Beat that by posting a 22.8 passer rating against Utah. Beat Oregon, uh, but lost to Colorado, UCLA, and Oregon State. I mean, the beat Oregon one's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> gave up 20. <laughs> he's kind of like glancing over that one. Uh, gave up 28 points in the first quarter of USC, then won the rest of the game 26-3 with a backup quarterback and required a crazy pick by a Trojan lineman to stop the game-winning drive. Can you boys think of a coherent explanation that connects all of these outcomes. Personally, I'm going with ASU as a random result generator and all games against Herm Edwards are intrinsically <laughs> meaningless. Okay, Hit so first, um, I looked it up. It's the first hexagram of the I Ching is the reference there. Take that for what it is. What is that? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's like a guiding book of uh, Chinese, the Book of Changes, uh, uh, I don't really have a good explanation for it. It's not really religion as much as it is uh, a divination text. That's what it's called. Okay. A divination text. Um, all right. The Arizona State thing. Let's get to that. Um, um, I think you're more or less correct. Um, I think the the... The fact that Herm plays so many one-score games means that you're going to have a lot of coin flips. Because um, when you play a ton of close games, there's a lot of variance that gets built into the calculation. Um, and I think they just 
by strategy, um, by method of play, by all that stuff, they just play a load of really close games, and you're going to end up with a lot of wonky results because of that. Um, that's the best explanation I have. Um, beyond that, you know, it was a flawed team. They had some offensive line issues for sure, but I think it's just simply by strategy. They kind of play to, you know, win or lose by three or seven. Yeah. It's the NFL model. That's what that's, I mean, that's, it's an NFL team. I mean, you could look at the, you know, like Atlanta Falcons, they would have something similar to that. And that's just the way it is. And they, they've, they've won some close games, but they're always, whenever the spread was more than seven, either way, if Arizona state was favored by more than seven, we took the other team. If Arizona state was a like 10 point dog, we took Arizona state because the games were going to be close, you know? So we knew, we kind of knew that going in. So I, yeah, this is something we played to, I think throughout this season. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You ready for uh huge anus? Yes. All right, this is the true false. Hey, boys, it's your old pal, Hugh Janus, checking in again. I hope you're both safe, healthy, and happy. Dave, it's so good to have you back in SoCal with us. Welcome home, buddy. You really didn't belong in the Deep South. Anyway, my friends, Dixie Wrecked, <clears throat> Dixie Wrecked uh, Phil McCracken, and I wanted to ask some true-false questions today. One, Larry Scott will be replaced before the end of his contract. True. True. Two, UCLA will eventually get it turned around by Chip Kelly and staff before the time comes to replace them. False. False. USC cheats in recruiting for both football and basketball. I would say true because everybody cheats in everything. True. Four, there will be a college football season played at some point before fall of 2021. True. A is doing a lot of work for me here, so I will say true. Um, <laughs> what constitutes a season is, I think, the real question to follow up with. But a college football season? Sure, true. Could be one half of one football game. It could game. be one half of one football game, <laughs> but that was a season. Uh, it'll count in the record books, right? All right. Uh, if there is a college football and or basketball season played this year, it will be done without fans in attendance. True. True. Uh, other Pac-12 schools will follow Stanford's lead and begin cutting sports. True. I mean, true that, not to that level. Statement. Yeah, true because it's a soft statement. Some will cut other sports. I don't think it'll happen at Stanford's level. Stanford's, it sounds like they were they were wanting to do that for a long time. It sounds like, and this was a pretext. Yeah. Like, um, oh, we could finally do it. We were going to do it for a long time. And, oh, let's do it now. Yeah. 11 sports. It, go by. That's what it felt like to me. Um. Seven, Dave's beard will grow better now that he's out of the humid south. Hmm. I'm going to go I don't know. false because I think I'll he's not going to be as beardy. Uh, I was always beardier in California than I ever was in the south because I actually had to go to work every day. Um, but my beard is now whiter and grayer, and I don't know if it's necessarily a truth or just it feels that way but the white and gray hairs are much more bristly than the rest of it so i don't think it's going to grow any better here um it like better qualitatively like to me i don't think it's going to be uh-huh. i think it's going to be even like bristlier and bushier and not fun to have on my face um eight joe biden will win the election in november mm, what do you think 
You're asking, me a, you're asking me a lot here because um, first you have to believe that there's going to be an election in November. Oh. And second, you have to believe that Joe Biden is still going to be the candidate. And third, you have to oh. believe that he's going to beat Donald Trump. I think I'm, you gave me three scenarios. I'm going to go false then, that there's some scenario that it doesn't win. So I think if it's a normal year and they just have the election, uh, I think it's a true. But it's not a normal year. Lots of weird stuff's going on um, in this world of ours. So I'm going to play the odds go false here. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, nine, USC and Arizona will be hit hard by sanctions in basketball in the next year or two. Uh, I think I would go false. I don't know if they're both going to get hit hard or either even one of them, but I, I don't know enough about basketball, but I'll just go false because it's, it's a lot that would have to happen. Eh, I'll go true. Why not? Okay. Uh, 10, the Pac-12 networks were a horrible idea. True. Well, true. Okay. I mean, networks, he added the plural, so true. Okay, true. I like that. That's good, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for all you do. We love you. Hugh Janus, Dixie Rect, and Phil McCracken. Nice. And then I think we got one last one. Yep. Uh, Nestorian Order, is that right? Um, it's from <clears throat> Thomas. Yep. Okay. Hey, guys. I heard you need topics for today's podcast, so I wanted to bring up something Dennis Dodd said about the impact of moving the high school football season to the spring. Dennis quoted a source who suggested high school commits would be less likely to enroll early and instead stick around and com uh, complete their respective senior years. Uh, I'm sorry, the senior years if the season was delayed. But as you know well, top recruits have since taken to Twitter insisting they would rather skip their last year of high school football than not enroll early. Many have responded to this by suggesting that blue chip recruits are but a fraction of of the total kids playing high school football. In other words, even if a few enroll early, most would indeed play in the spring. It dawned on me, however, that there was another factor at play, the early signing period. Yes, that's right. It's not just the guys enrolling early who will sit out. A spring season means any player able to sign a letter of intent in December has every incentive to avoid injury and not take the field. Now you might suspect this shortage would be a golden opportunity for juniors but they too have every reason to wait until the fall of 2021 to suit up. It's only then after all that prospects would know how many scholarships would be available once they would graduate. Moreover, players enrolling early in college obviously would not want to use a year of eligibility for a spring college football season. Thus PAC 12 college football fans are facing a season in true Nestorian order. One where the best performance comes last keep up the unimpeachable work thomas what do you think of that um i think there's I, I think for there's going to be players that are saying hey i want to skip my senior season but that's because college football is being played in the fall right now if they if college football gets delayed i think there's a lot of opportunities to come back and play your your senior season and i think there's way more high school prospects that need that senior season to kind of get from maybe fcs level offers to fbs level offers or group of five offers to power five offers um i think one of the examples dennis dodd might have gave this was uh, cj stroud who's a top quarterback in southern california that was a baylor commit but ends up blowing up at the elite 11 
uh, you know, late come, you know, his senior season, he get, did really well. The elite 11 kind of started him on that, uh, gets an Ohio state offer. He's at Ohio state. Now, if this was a COVID thing last year, CJ Stroud's going to Baylor. Um, so I think there's going to be the majority of players would still like to improve their stock. And there's the Corey Foreman's of the world that don't need to. And even if the college football season's delayed, Corey Foreman can still skip his senior year. That's fine. But I think there's a more, way more people that need to kind of show something on their senior tape. And there's some guys that have no offers. They definitely want to play. There's some guys that have offers they want to improve. It's only going to be the guys at the tippity top that are like fine with where they are because they have offers from Alabama and Texas and Ohio State. Yeah, you're fine. You don't need to do anything else. If you don't, if you have offers from San Jose State and Houston, but you would like to go into a Power Five, you pretty much got to play your senior season. So I, I think it's, you know, especially if the college football season gets moved, it's just going to be more of an exception that high school players are skipping their senior season than than the rule. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. Um, I, Is that like a long answer? Sorry, but the, no, that was a beautiful answer. It uh, it covered all the bases, and I will just cosign. <laughs> Wait, I read the question. Aren't you supposed to answer? <laughs> yeah, but you you nailed it. You 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 handled every aspect of the situation thoroughly with a plum, and I couldn't be happier and prouder um, as a co-host. What do you think about the best performance coming last, though? What, thoughts on What, that? you mean your answer to that question? Because I think that was the best performance coming last. <laughs> uh, you mean the story in order? Yes. Like, just generally? Like, like what how, I, how, would, how would this apply here? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't following what he was, like, I do really think that this is going to be more of the exception. There's, there was within an hour of that announcement, there were high school players saying where I'm going to skip, but it was mostly like big name guys. Um, you know, if you're already committed to Alabama, probably doesn't matter if you're committed to Texas or so, you know, yeah, but you might see that change. And I think I forget who it was. It might've been Brian stump. Like one of someone from like student sports said that really the, the high school uh, quarterbacks that are enrolling early are going to be hurt by this more than anyone. And even if you're committed to a, a big school, all of those reps you get as a senior, um, it's just, it is important getting those, you know, those games under your belt. And we've seen some of those high school players transfer to different schools and try to get in better environments, but they're missing out on some real opportunities to grow as players like seven on seven and camps and stuff is one thing. But a lot of these guys, you want to see them play their senior year before they go to college. So uh, I believe it was Brian Stubbix. I apologize if I didn't get that right. But he was tweeting that out about high school, you know, early enrolling quarterbacks really are going to be hurt by this. I could buy that. Yeah. I could buy that. Um, yeah, I, I think what it is is I kind of fog out a little bit when we start talking about the log- no no like when we start talking about the logistics of how they're going to like decide based on how the season's going to look because I'm really skeptical there's going to be a spring season. Um so like the whole thing feels like we're just I mean just navel gazing like just looking at our own poop pile and trying to turn it into a you know a souffle. It's just yeah, okay. They might have to make some weird decisions, but more than likely, they're just going to be making the same decision that everyone else is, which is, oh, wow, nothing's happening for a year. And yeah. that's just how it's going to be. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some I, I think there's going to be some weirdness. You know, I think you're going to have some really good guys who decide they're going to leave early. Um, and then you're going to have some who decide not to. And it's going to make the high school season weird if there is one. And it's going to make the college football season weird. And how do they decide eligibility and all that kind of stuff? It's going to make it all very strange. I know one top recruit was talking about how he's going to do the track season instead of the football season if he has to stick around because there's no reason to play football. He's already a top recruit. Um, so I don't know. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff. Um, real quick before we go, uh, we have a little bit of breaking news. We have some. Well, one, all I'm seeing on Twitter is uh, so today's opening day for the baseball that we're recording us on Thursday. And uh, for the Nationals game, Anthony Fauci, the you know the epidemiologist, is throwing out the first pitch. He's got a mask on, like a Nationals mask on, Nationals hat. And he actually looks like a pit. Like if you're just looking at a small video on your Twitter feed, it's like, oh, that's like a pitcher. Oh no, wait, it's Dr. Fauci, and it's it's awful. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh wow! Oh he wow! I'm watching it, it now. <laughs> he throws it like. So he's a, a right-handy a right-hander comes you know way too late of a release throws it like across his body. I mean maybe it got halfway there, but it's also going at like a forty-five degree I mean, angle. You're talking about a seventy-nine-year-old man who has also like like we're talking about a big nerd, right? Yeah. We're talking about like an infectious disease specialist. Like mm. this guy hasn't thrown a ball in probably fifty years. Healthy uh, 79. I'm going to guess he hasn't thrown one in 79 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> look, okay. He looks like a guy who maybe had a shoulder issue at some point. Like, it's not as if he doesn't know how to throw a ball. I mean, if he didn't know how to throw a ball, it wouldn't even go that far. Um, I'm thinking he just, the last time he threw one, his entire body was different. And it just, it doesn't work the same anymore. Yeah. In 79 years old. Uh, who decided this was a good idea? Uh, I, I mean, I, I like the idea. I mean, no one expects, you know, yeah, someone yeah. like, yeah, but yeah, you want it to at least yeah, be don't, like, don't be too proud. Don't stand on the mound, buddy. Like get, get like halfway between the mound and home plate. Like nobody's expecting you to stand like even close to the mound. Come yeah. On. I did see, uh, there was a prop bet on it. Um, if he got to the mound and yeah, that was, that was bad, but we also had some actual breaking news. So Washington state tweeted out given the alarming rise in the number of COVID-19 cases regionally and nationally all fall 2020 undergraduate courses at Washington state will be delivered at a distance and will be complete completed remotely with extremely limited exceptions for in-person instruction. So similar to what we saw at USC, similar to what we saw uh, at Stanford, I believe, uh, I think UCLA's, I believe something similar. Um, I'm getting some of the schools confused, but yeah, there's more and more, uh, oh, it's a Cal. Now Cal's the one that said, uh, they were, they were one of those two. Um, so again, we said it could be a good thing, right? Like there's not going to be as many students on campus. If football players are there, it could be, you, uh, you said, you said it could be a good thing. And John Wilner did too. Yeah. I said, uh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And in yeah, fact, it could actually lead to more liability concerns for the players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. Wilner said, our university-owned apartments will be open as planned. University-owned residence halls will open August 15th, but only for those students who had a uh, demonstrated institutional need and are, oops, that just scrolled away, are approved to live on campus. 
All right. So it still opens it up for football. So football still can happen. The old gridiron. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, a little newsy stuff while we're recording. So go check out that uh, Anthony Fauci video. If uh, it's it's worth your time. It's yeah. worth all seven seconds of your time to watch. Yeah, it I saw a three-second version. They did. They I watched it. I watched it while Ryan was breaking that other news. Um, right. I, I watched it several times. It's very good. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's going to wrap things up. He is David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of champions. Thanks to our friend uh, John Wilner for breaking some fun news we could talk about today. And I guess thanks to Hitler Day for delaying us today, so we could actually talk about. The, uh, the newsy stuff that was happening. So uh, David's not buying it, but we're gonna, I'm going to cross my fingers and we'll see if uh, we can get a college football season in some shape or form uh, this fall or maybe even the spring. David's not, David doesn't think any of that's going to happen. So yeah, Ryan's uh, a weather vane. <laughs> hey, I'm pointing in the, the direction of let's have football. That's what I want. I, that's uh, where this who doesn't is. want that? Who doesn't want yeah. that? It sounds like you don't, you know? I'm, I'm, I, uh, I, uh, I want it. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I can't, I'm not one of those guys who speaks things into existence with positivity. That's not my deal. So no, I don't do the power of positive thinking. I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to say, I don't think it's going to happen. That's not rooting against it. That's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I just saw a, a new Anthony Fauci video where they put a tail on the, the ball, which was it's a little more entertaining, but the, the, where the ball ends up, you know, the big, like there's the batter's yeah, yeah. box. Yeah, there's yeah, a big yeah. dirt circle around home plate. So it's pretty big. You know, it looks like it's 10 feet to the side. Um, and then you get grass that goes up the, uh, the first base side. It's basically like the edge of the grass up the first base side. So yeah, it's a good, like 10, 12 feet to the uh, right of home plate. It looks like. Yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. Uh, well, you know, maybe that's a good, maybe that's like the Groundhog's Day thing. Like, you know, the guy sees a shadow. Fauci throws a terrible pitch, but we start doing oh, that's better. Good. We've reached the point in devolution of society that we're looking for omens and harbingers again. This is yes. good. Yeah, I think we're in good shape. I think everything is going really well. <laughs> I don't know if society's looking. I'm looking, David. So I'm yeah. just looking for that. No, I think everything everything is very good. Um, you know, we should start like looking for um, dousing rods and really start <laughs> to get this thing going. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's uh, David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of Champions. We will talk to you next time. Bye.